99 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. It's week three already, and the Niners saddle up for a trip to Denver to face some familiar faces on the Broncos. It's also Sunday night football, a 1.30am kickoff, which means the first red eye of the season. I'm Gareth Ellis, and I'm joined by Najee Kawar. Hello, everyone. And Paul Hope. Hi, everyone. So, Nads, are you looking forward to the long, long, long Sunday evening wait for kickoff? Well, um, I'm, I'm going to say, again, <laughs> I've got a three-year-old. I, I can't afford to go to bed at 5am because she's up uh, an hour and a half later, two hours sometimes. So I'll be watching the game Monday morning, more than likely. Um, so it's still, it's kind of a long wait, but I do spend it sleeping. So it's, it's easy. <laughs> for, for me, Gareth, it's the first NFL Sunday where I'm at home and I won't be sat in a pub or sat with a pipe with Mr. Gowland. So I am excited to watch Red Zone for the first time this season. Like you mm. said, um, fortunately for me, Najee, my three are a lot older than yours. So I don't have to worry about the school run on Monday morning. I've got that booked off, Gareth. I don't have to go to work till dinner time. So, yeah, I'm very excited for this one. Good good to see you uh, planning ahead still. Uh, as indeed, I, I guess many, many fans in the UK have to plan ahead for these sort of things. So the Broncos, like the Niners, sit at one and one. Chef Russ has been unable to cook up anything much of anything so far, uh, possibly assisted by some uh, dubious play calling and game management on behalf of his uh, new head coach. What do you make of the Broncos so far, lads? Let's start with you, Naji. Yeah, it's it's hard to decipher what they're about because they've been pretty poor uh, from all accounts. Uh, they've really struggled to be to oh, but they got beat by the Seahawks, which we obviously quite handedly beat last week. So if if we look at these two games, you'd think we should be quite in front of them. But then you look at the name on their roster, and obviously the the, the big one is our arch nemesis Russell Wilson. Um, you don't quite understand how they get to that. Uh, and then last week, <laughs> they barely won against what we know is a very poor Texan team, uh, and very poor in terms of talent more than more than anything. I think they quite have a lot of heart, and what they've gone through in the past year or so is it's hard to be a, a good franchise. But yeah, um, I think it might start with their head coach and you know that fourth down meltdown that they had uh, against the Seahawks and and the field the 64 yard field goal which we all kind of shaking our heads at um so i it's i don't want to make judgment because if sunday goes completely wrong and they destroy us uh, we'll I'll look stupid but as it stands i think i think we're quite above them uh, in terms of uh, maybe just as a team and, uh, you know, having a first year head coach that's struggling to try his rhythm, find his rhythm and what he wants to play and what he wants to call and that kind of thing. So hopefully uh, our starter defense can take advantage of that. Now, can our offense do it, Paul? Do you think we can uh, can score some points against a, probably a good deal, although they're missing, they're missing certain on there? So. I think it's, uh, it's going to be a good matchup between two teams that run the ball. Um I think obviously Jeff Wilson's going to have a, a good night when I've been watching the uh, the tape ahead of tonight because I thought Gareth might throw a couple of curveballs my way. So I think Jimmy G will have a good game. Najee, he's had all week under centre. He's been taking the reps. He did well against the Seahawks. So no surprise for anyone listening, lads. I'm going to be going for a 49ers win when we get to that part of the show when we re- uh, give our score predictions. But I- I'm not overly worried for our offence. I think Satan being out, Najee, is, is massive for them. 
Ironically, Gareth, I think when you've asked the question at the start, the Broncos haven't been that bad when you go back and watch the tape. I mean, Russell Wilson, they've been hit about 400 yards per game. They just haven't been able to convert in the red zone. And it's been strange to see our arch nemesis, Russell Wilson, um, struggle. I don't know if you lads saw the Richard Sherman podcast where Sherman's come out, Legion of Boom. They've had a bit of a dig at Russell. And I was thinking, Richard, why this week? Why not just wait till next week? We don't need to give <laughs> Russell Wilson any more fuel when he's playing against us. But I am nervous about Russell Wilson, Gareth. Yeah, so what do you think our defensive approach is going to be uh, uh, for stopping Russ? He has burnt us on those uh, improvised, broken plays uh, a few times. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I, I think he's kind of lost a step on that. I think he took a, a, at least three, maybe four sacks uh, against the Texans. And I think some of that elusive uh, running as as maybe um, something that's, that's left him behind as he's aged. Um, but I still can't believe I'm saying it. But how, how, how do you think we've, we've got to uh, um, organise our defence to make sure that Russ uh, continues to cook up absolute tripe? Well, I called, I called it last week. I think we're going to need Fred to be sideline to sideline. Um, because if there's one thing that beat scrambling QBs is a very good spy in the middle, a middle linebacker that can track him and just follow him everywhere he goes. Um, I agree. I think he has lost a step. It might just be the different um, offense he's playing in with a new O-line. I think it takes quite a lot of practice for the O-line to get to grips with the whole scrambling, don't go downfield like we saw uh, last week happen to Gino on that DK Metcalf catch. Uh, it's, it's just something you have to work on knowing that the play is never really dead, so you have to kind of stay downfield or keep blocking a certain way so you can escape out of the pocket. If, if it's Bosa versus Wilson, I'll, I'll just take Bosa all day. He, he's been on fire. Um, and he's definitely got the speed and, and the awareness to be able to chase him down. Uh, yeah, it's just going to take a, a good defensive line game, which luckily we have. So, But that's the third, third mobile QB we play in three weeks. You know, uh, obviously we had Fields in week one and Smith in week two. And now it's, it's Russell Wilson. Can't wait to play uh, somebody like Matt Ryan or somebody at some point. It'll be a lot easier for us. Um, but yeah, I think it, discipline is what, where it starts. Stay in your lane. Don't you know? Don't blow your assignment, and uh, and then just have your playmakers make plays. Um, I'm expecting a hunger to get a couple of sacks and Wilson. Oh, is is a bold prediction already? Oh, Niners defense, Paul. What are you looking for? Well, Naji said there, Gareth, about mobile quarterbacks. We we have a lot of experience against Russell Wilson, against Kyler Murray. I think, like Naji said, Gareth, our our front seven. The dynamic. I mean, let's face it, last two weeks they've, they've played lights out. So <laughs> if you're a Denver Broncos fan, you're looking at Nick Bosa. If you double team Nick Bosa, oh, hang on a minute. I looked at the stats today. He's been the most double teamed player in the NFL in the last two weeks. Hasn't worked out well for them. You've got Kinlaw. I think Fred Warner's going to have a good game. I think he was listening the other night, Gareth, and he's heard Nadji falling in love with Huff and he saw mm-hmm. 54. I, I, I'm all pro Fred. But I think you're right. I think Ryan's knows how to play against a mobile quarterback. I think we need to be disciplined like we did last week. I think we'll possibly see a lot of zone and Huffanger gives us that extra bit of dynamic. What Nadji said, Jimmy Ward sometimes just sits in his lane and doesn't do something where Huffanger's a bit of a ball hawk. We saw it raw last year. He got it wrong. But I think this year, I think Huffanger's got it bang on the money for me. So I'm on the Huff train with Nadji. What about yourself, Gareth? 
Yeah, I think uh, discipline, keep discipline uh, that we had last week, keep those uh, defensive penalties to to a minimum. Uh, looking at the highlights, I think, if that's the word, of the Broncos game, Cortland Sutton is obviously still a danger. He seemed to find quite a bit of space in the, in the Texan secondary last week. And unfortunately, that is something uh, that we have been able to give up in the last couple of weeks, is that occasional play where somebody is just wide open and you wonder... How, how have they got that open? Who's missed their assignment? So I think looking for that discipline um, from the guys at the back ends to just let the the defensive line get there and let the linebackers mop up anything else that gets through uh, and to just keep an eye on the those receivers. Keep Russ in the pocket, keep the pressure on him and keep his receivers covered. And, and, and that's how we stop them scoring points. I think as well, Gareth, like if you look at the stats, the sample size is small because of the last um, two weeks, but our four-man rush has generated a pressure of 45%, which mm. is the league's best so far. Ryan's is going to dial it up again. Utter dominance, Gareth. He's going to be. That's how we play football. Russell mm. Wilson's going to be aware of it. And like you said, we've got the confidence now. Nadji touched upon him in the last show. I know we talked about Hafanga, but we've got Ward in the secondary now as well. But you're right. I think I think Russell Wilson tends to... He's only got Cortland to go for, and he has had a good couple of numbers other than the touchdowns. So it is... Right that you pointed that out, Gareth, before we move I do back. think, though, mm. that it's very important that we don't forget about the run. They've got a very, very, very decent running back room and a, and a very decent running game. Uh, you know, Javante Williams isn't somebody to be sniffed. Melvin Gordon has been in the league for quite a while and has been very productive for quite a while. So um, it, it's... That's the, it's, it's, that's the thing, is finding the balance and putting enough pressure, um, but also making sure the run doesn't go anywhere because... As we know, because that's what we're trying to do, is if, if you let people run on you, well, the game just goes away from you and you find yourself backed up uh, and, and with no time on the clock to do anything. So uh, it's going to start, it's basically going to start up front. We're going to have to do exactly what we did to the Seahawks, which is absolutely annihilate any chance of running the ball and, and then put it in Ross' hand and then make him do mistakes by putting him under pressure. And I agree, I think uh, games like this is exactly what we signed Mooney Ward. Because now we can put him on Carlos Sutton, uh, and having a Gibson on the back and helping him uh, to, you know, to bracket that guy because they've they've lost Jerry, Jerry Judy, which would have been obviously a, a very good wide receiver to cover. Although I have all the confidence in the world in Eman, he's playing pretty well so far. Um, so if we can lock that down, and we we know that getting sack isn't just about getting to the to the quarterback, but it's also about keeping the coverage locked down long enough for the rush to get there or vice versa, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to take a complete game for my defense. Um, we can't slip up and we're going to have to hopefully create more turnovers because because obviously that helps a lot. <laughs> uh, if we can uh, maybe get another Ufanga pick or, uh, you know, number 26 pick. We haven't talked about him last, uh, last week, but he's still there. He's still there, Mr. Womack. And he's playing pretty well, you know, so. So looking at our offense, it's obviously going to be Jimmy G's first start of the season. It looks like we're going to be missing both Tyler Croft and Tyrion Davis-Price uh, to injury, at least for, for the Broncos game. But it is possible that Kittle comes back. Uh, and Kittle, of course, last time we played the Broncos four years ago, had a monstrous game with uh, Nick <laughs> Mullins at quarterback, where Kittle got, I think, 210 yards in the first half. And then nothing in the entirety of the second half, where he only needed sort of seven or eight yards to, to be the all-time 
uh, game yardage winner for for tight ends. Um, but does this mean we're potentially going to see Jordan Mason and Marlon Mack making their first snaps for the Niners? How do you think it's going to go, Paul, on the offensive side, given the few injuries and a few new faces? Yeah, I think me and Nadji were both nodding for, for people at home listening on Podbean and Apple Pod. We're trialling a new visual when we're recording. So um, me and Nadji were nodding along there, <laughs> Gareth. I think we see Jordan Mason. I think we see Marlon Mack. I think Jeff Wilson is still running back number one. I think he'll see a lot of it. But I've been hyped for Jordan Mason since uh, training camp. He's looked as good as what I've seen in a long time. So I'm hopeful that we see a lot of him on, on Sunday. And I'm guessing Nadji's agreeing with me. Yeah, yeah. What a better story, right? To Sunday night, big primetime game, have this guy that nobody's really talked or heard about, apart from the people at Georgia Tech, and just have him unleash 100 yards or something. That would be amazing. Um and uh, we've seen it happen in the past, you know, especially the the Raiders game was a Monday night game with Mullins having the day, the day of his life. Thursday night yeah. game. I mean, prime time, right? It was a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it was a late game. So, so one of those prime time game where then everybody that just talks all, that's all they talk about for a week after that. Uh, I can definitely see that happening. But I agree with you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be Jeff Wilson first and foremost. Um, and we're just going to need another good game for my whole line, uh, you know, going stronger and stronger, hopefully, uh, Banks and Brendan and Burford. We know what McGlinchey and Trent Williams are about, but it's these three in the middle for me that need to at least cement what they did last week uh, and maybe even go better because I think Shelby Harris and Bradley Sherbert maybe it's slightly better players than what the Seahawks could offer. So let's let's hope uh, let's hope we can we can do that. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to start by running the ball. If we can do that, it's going to be an easy game. Uh, unfortunately, uh, defensive coordinator knows that we got Jimmy and that if you stop the run, he has to pass the ball. And that can sometimes go quite wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Gareth, we're running the ball. We're not moving away from the way the team's set up. Shanahan himself came out yesterday and a lot of the questions were, are you going to set the team up differently with Jimmy under centre? He was like, not really. It's not as if we're plugging someone new in. This guy's been here a long time. Um, you listen to the way um, Juice was talking about Jimmy. But I do think Nadji gave a bold prediction. I think Jeff Wilson runs for 100-plus yards on Sunday Night Football. Uh, and I think like to see Jordan Mason get a touchdown. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope Jeff Wilson carries the ball up. And, and I hope in. Jordan Mason punches <laughs> it in. And we can all, you know... We'll all, all start adding up, Gareth. That's what we're hoping for, anyway, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, if you were if you were in Kyle's shoes, would you go with uh, the rookie Jordan Mason, who's obviously been with the team uh, throughout the off season, or would you go for the uh, experienced and reliable Marlon Mack, who's only been around the team a couple of weeks? Who would who would you picking for that? Uh, it's got to be Jordan Mason. He's been he was turning head in camp, and I think. He made the 53 of a sermon and, and hasty. Let's not forget about that. So, you know, a third round pick uh, sermon. So, um, no, I think we're all excited to see him. Um, although I really like Marlon Mack. He was pretty good in Indiana. Um, but, uh, yeah, not enough time with the team. He was on the practice squad for a week. I don't think that's enough to chuck him, you know, on a Sunday night uh, against uh, against a very good Broncos defense. Yeah, but I would definitely go with Jordan Mason. Um but uh, part of me does think by about week four, our running backs are going to be Marlon Mack and Tevin Coleman, who we've just re-signed to the practice squad if, if it continues as it started. So uh, I'm sure we will see. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see both of them 
actually. We might see see a few carries, hopefully, uh, particularly late in the game when we've got a, a 40-point lead. <laughs> um, so that, that, that doesn't actually figure into my game day prediction. <laughs> so a few familiar faces on the defensive uh, side of the Broncos, DJ Jones and K1 Williams, both now on the Broncos side. But unfortunately, I think both appearing on their... Uh, uh, injury report for this week, uh, possibly some limited or, or have been unable to practice. How, who have we got to watch out for on the Broncos with a generally a stout defence? They've kept opponents to, to fairly low scoring in the two games. It's been their offence that's, uh, that's possibly been letting them down. Yeah, I mean, we know what DJ Jones can bring to the table. Um, you know, it's he's, he's got a motor and he'll never really stop. Going for it, I, I said Shelby Harris as if he was still on the team earlier, but he's not. He's not even with the Broncos anymore. Um, but yeah, he's he's probably there. You know, he'll play nose tackle. Also, basically what this Al Woods did to us uh, last week, and he was pretty effective. So I think DJ Jones is probably a better player than than a sixth round rookie from LSU. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have to, you know, make sure we we got him handled. But luckily, we know what he's about and. We might know some of the some of the deficiency he has where we can take advantage. Um, K1 Williams, I think, will play. He's, he's only been uh, he, he was fit to play today. So, uh, but same again. I think you know, Demico Ryan's knows all these people and might know uh, their weakness, and uh, that might be you know a little bit helpful to plan against those guys. For me, Gareth, I was quite interested to see uh, Randy Gregory appear on the injury part. I think he's injured his knee. Um, I was quite surprised that they picked him up over Von Miller in the off-season. Um, I've got a good friend from Darlington, Chris, who's a Cowboys fan, and he's been really impressed with um, how Gregory has adapted to the Broncos. And we all talk about Nick Bosa and that importance of the edge rush. And I think Gregory was the one who injured uh, Jimmy's shoulder uh, in the game last year, the playoff game. So I'm keeping an eye on that because obviously... We've got our much vaunted front seven. So if Gregory doesn't suit up, that could be huge for, for us personally. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think we've, we've, we're going to commit to that one game. We're going to do the short passes over the middle. I think it's it's going to be a comfortable uh, game plan for Jimmy. Though part of me feels that we, we've got to start making the odd deep shot, particularly early on in the game. Maybe if it's if it's first and ten, or if, if you ended up in third and long, we've got Danny Gray for a reason, yeah. uh, and I, I just want to see him get in behind uh, and, and for Jimmy to try some long shots, even if he doesn't hit them, which we know isn't necessarily the strongest part of his game. Just the, we need to make sure we can establish that threat, uh, and that's something I'd like to see us establish early, and then it's going to be back to that grinding Shanahan football of running the ball, running the clock wearing that defence down, not getting too uh, uh, concerned if we haven't necessarily put a lot of points on the board in the first half, knowing that hopefully our defensive rotation and, and keeping their defence on the field for long periods will pay pay the dividends when it when it really matters. But wouldn't it be nice to uh, to have a running game because the passing game's working rather than the opposite way around for once? I think, yeah. uh, and I agree, you know, they, they lost Justin Siemens at the beginning of the season. He's on IR. They've lost certain, which uh, will probably go on IR. Uh, they're really thin and in the backhand, and I think that's definitely some uh, an area we can attack. And I think Ayuk has shown why everybody mm. was talking about him in camp uh, last week was much better than than the Bears. But once again, Chicago monsoon and uh, 
very hard to pass uh, in now weather. But he almost made a one-handed catch in the end zone last week. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. on that free play uh, that yeah. Jimmy threw. Uh, I I think we need to get there and we need to get Debo um, in, in the air as well. And if we get Kittle, uh, let's just attack through the air and make people back off a little bit and thinking, oh, this is a new offense. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can run the ball and make it easy on Jordan Mason for him to have uh, the touchdown that Paul wants him to have. So <laughs> it would be nice, though. It would be nice to try and uh, approach it differently for once, especially against a new coach that's clearly, clearly struggling and finding a rhythm and, and a groove. If, you know, Carl Campbell is genius and trying to confuse them and put them in situations they don't want to be, then uh, that's it would be really nice. Although I'm... I'm expecting much of the same. <laughs> we'll see. Hope so. Well, to be fair, Gareth, um, I'm going to mention Neil Watson and Jimmy G. Uh, Jimmy did target Danny Gray last week. I think it was a 40-yard mm-hmm. pass. I think just a little bit too deep. So, And I mentioned it today. Nadji did Let's Talk Sports with Nick Ludlam. And I said, we'd recorded last night. And I said, Nadji wanted Jimmy G to come out the second half of the Seahawks and just have a deep ball, like Gareth said, just to keep defences guessing. So mm-hmm. are you right, Gareth? I, I would like to see it. Um, and let's face it, if Jimmy can connect with Danny Gray on a 40, 50-yard bomb and run that one in, I'd take that over a Jordan Mason touchdown, Nadji. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll have both. Maybe you'll have both. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, that, that moves us seamlessly into... Uh, I'm going to ask you for some bold predictions before we go on to the score, final score predictions, some uh, player predictions. I think you've had a couple already. I'm going to call for Fred because I think it's it's his day. It's Sunday night. He's going to remind the whole country that he's the best linebacker. He's going to get a sack and a pick. Nice. Bold. Mm. Well, Bull? I'll go for the offensive side of the ball since Nadji went defense. So I obviously said earlier, I think Jeff Wilson goes for uh, 100 yards plus. I'm going to go Jimmy Garoppolo for us for 250 yards, zero interceptions, which is a very bold prediction. That's <laughs> bold, yeah. And two touchdowns. So that's my bold prediction there. The zero interceptions is the bold one. That's for you, Neil. Yeah, I, I did think it had a Jimmy to K. Warren Williams interception all over it this game. Yeah. But uh, uh, my, my prediction is actually a couple of uh, uh, forced fumbles by Hafanga and Womack, one each. Uh, I think they're going to they're gonna lay out some pain um, and the ball's going to pop free. Uh, I also, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Kittle is going to play. And he's going to get 100 yards and two TDs. Club 85 would be very happy with that, Gareth, because I've seen a lot of hate for George on social media. So I'd be all over that on the 49 Faithful UK Twitter account if that happens. So then, game predictions. Who have you got, Paul? So I'm going for a 49ers win. No surprise for everybody uh, listening. I'm going for the 49ers to win 27-14. The Broncos have only scored 16 points in both of their games, and I think our defence is better. So that was my logic behind my reasoning. Nanji? Well, I'm feeling very hopeful, despite you know the tribulations we're going through and the injuries again, which we'll talk about in a second in the news. Um, but as you said, they've only scored not that many points and against two really bad teams. I think they're going to be in for a shock when they play the best defence in the league, and I think we're going to win 24 nothing. Ooh, that is good. Nice. Made my uh, rather measured field goal dominated 23-16 Niners win uh, sound quite tame, 
in comparison. <laughs> I, I, I was very tempted to uh, come up with a Broncos score that limits them just to field goals so I can get uh, another one of my season predictions, uh, an offensive shutout. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to jinx it by actually putting that as my uh, official Sorry, everyone. Uh, recorded for all time um, prediction of the game. Uh, so some uh, some news uh, to wrap up, Naji. Yeah. So unfortunately, and I think we've touched on it, talking about the players, but TDP's got a, a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for, correct me if I'm wrong, six weeks, six to eight mm. weeks, isn't it? Uh, and uh, and we've lost Tyler Croft as well. Uh, who uh, I'm not sure what has he done. Same again. I think it's exactly the same injury, uh, but on his knee, it's a high knee sprain. And he's going to be it's uh, going to be gone for quite some time. Um, so yeah, that's the the two injury. Obviously, with the tray, uh, the tray one that happened against the Seahawks. Also, there's been reports. The tray surgeon said that he might be ready in ten to twelve weeks. <laughs> I find that completely uh, crazy. Considering I'm, I don't know. I haven't read too much about the type of break and the ligament damage that he's had, but. If uh, Dak Prescott's injury is anything to go by, uh, I think it will probably be wise to take uh, his time to make sure his ankle is uh, as solid as possible before he comes back. Uh, but we'll see. You never know. Uh, Derek Henry kind of broke his leg last year and came back in the playoffs, although he wasn't really himself anymore. Um, uh, it, it is possible. Let's uh, let's keep an eye on that, but wouldn't get my hopes too too high um, no, to I see think him that... play this year. Shanahan has mentioned that and and basically admitted and say he he doesn't expect to be using Trey Lance again this season. So I think even if if medically they might say okay you're out of medical recovery, um, I think it's it's probably wise unless we absolutely need to um, to to not try and send him in cold in what weeks seventeen first playoff game maybe. Um, but you never know. It is the Forty ers roller coaster. <laughs> It is. What's happened? I, there's this part of me thinking Brock Purdy's going to be uh, league MVP by the end of the season because who, that's, who that's exactly what I was going to say. If we don't forget, we've got Hall of Famer Brock Purdy on the on the roster, so um, we're we're good. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a few niggly injuries, but uh, it's good to see. Perhaps after the first two weeks, we've we've not, other than Trey Lance, of course, we we haven't lost uh, perhaps the the major players we've lost in previous years. Um, and when you when you look around the league, you see the amount of players who are out, and, and we tend to, I think, get quite focused on the Niners and think we've got an injury bug. Um, and yeah, look look at the Denver Broncos injury report or, or some other teams around the league. Um, it's the game; players get injured, and then that includes star players who are done for the season. Um, unfortunately, it's part and parcel of it. So, anything else to add for uh, the Broncos before we wrap up? No, uh, but we should definitely talk about Dre's new contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it kind of surprised us. Uh, Paul, Jonah, what do you think about it? Kind of, uh, we've been calling for his head uh, quietly. We said, I think Lee mentioned that he was kind of expecting us to cut him next year. Doesn't look that way now, does it? No, I was surprised um, with it being a business though, Nadji, and looking at the terms of the contract and the money and the years, it doesn't speak that he's the long-term answer. Possibly they could be mm-hmm. looking to get something back from him the trade market it seemed to settle him down in the Seahawks game we were all worried after the Bears game that maybe he was playing aggressive for that new contract so maybe they've decided to give him it now and it seemed to settle him down um, a lot of fans have an affinity for him after the goal line stop against Seattle um, but like 
I'm on the same page here. You know, all pro Fred. I quite like Al Shahir. Um, but he's a good player. I just think maybe they've got one eye on what they could get mm. from next year. So but it, it potentially anyway. It, it's not earth shattering the contract they've given him. But what did you think, Gareth? Were you, were you happy? That we signed him to a new deal. Uh, yeah, I think it came out of the the blue a little because, like you, I I felt that perhaps last year with Greenlaw out, Al Shire had, had probably moved above him, uh, in in my estimations, um, because Dre didn't seem to have pushed on from a, a, a very promising first year, and I know the second year was sort of injuries and what have you, um, but it's good to see he certainly got some uh, uh, fire in his belly this year. By the way, he's been flying himself about, uh, and and it's. It seems that he's getting more snaps than than Al Shire. Um, I'd have to check that out, but I've certainly Greenlaw's been mentioned a lot more than than Al Shire. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to be able to keep all three of them going forward. So I think it was probably sensible to get him under a contract, and then that gives us some good flexibility uh, if a team is looking for a linebacker. And I think there are a few teams around the league who who could probably do with some strengthening of that position. Um, and and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, the way he's playing at the moment, I'm quite happy to see him stay through this season, and and we'll make an estimation next season. So, absolutely. There we are. So thanks, Paul. Thanks, Naji, for joining me, uh, and thanks to everyone who listens to the show. We do really appreciate uh, feedback. Uh, so feel free to leave us a comment uh, and like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, don't forget there is our YouTube channel. You can find it by searching for Forty Nine Faithful UK. We'll be back next week to digest the Broncos game and then look ahead to a Week Four Monday Night Football matchup against the LA Rams. Can't get ahead of myself. Broncos first. But can't uh, can't deny that's one I'm looking forward to, even though it's going to be a tough Tuesday morning for for me and others. I think. So until then, go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Like Joe Montana in the corner, D. Clark, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill.